Hi there guys and welcome to today's live stream. We're going to be talking about hip stretches, how you can do them effectively, especially if we're looking through them, if you've got a bit of back pain uh, through the lens of having some back pain. So how can you stretch your hips effectively? We'll talk about a few variations. And as you're part of our membership site, do watch out because tomorrow we're going to be releasing a full walkthrough of phase two, the phase two exercises. So do stay tuned for that. That's going to be uploaded to the membership site and onto the private Facebook group. So uh, please do stay tuned for that. That'll be it and uh, hopefully very, very helpful for you. If you're new to the channel, thanks for joining us. And to all our subscribers, thank you very much for subscribing. If you're not already, you just hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you know when we go live. We go live every single weekday and we put up advance notice of when what topics we're going to be covering on each live stream and as always Lara's behind the camera and behind the computers she's there to pick up your questions so if you've got any questions you're watching this live right now then please do post those in the comments and we'll pick those up and address those at the end and if you're watching this after the fact maybe you're watching it on replay then please do still post in the comments we pick those up after as well and we'll address them in future live streams uh, as well so with that out of the way, let's get into today's live stream. Uh, so as I said, we're covering the hip today. Uh, I've got a list of sort of uh, the roadmap that we're going to use today. We're going to uh, cover some stuff on the actual Back in Shape members site, uh, as well as a few things. Uh, from from a few other sources like our YouTube channel as well, so you guys can really understand why we're stretching the hip. We want to give you some principles really to understand. Uh, I want to show you one or sort of. I've got one main exercise, but I think it encapsulates many hip stretches that are problematic, and 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 that the avoid coupled with the principles at the top really should give you guys a good understanding of what's not necessarily the best idea, especially again. A lot of people watching this uh, are part of our Back in Shape membership site or you've got back pain, etc. coming to our channel. So we want to make it relevant to that because the hip stretching, if you've watched any of our videos, is really, really important. And we do want to stretch them effectively. But too many times people do a hamstring stretch, for example, and they're, they're making their back worse inadvertently and then going, oh, well, I can't do hamstring stretches. And quite often it's just that, that technique issue that really is affecting um, affecting the ability to do that stretch effectively. And then because the technique isn't there, it's misattributed and saying, I shouldn't do hamstring stretches because they make my back worse. And actually it's more about technique. So we'll go through then stretches of sort of the hips. So that's the glutes, the piriformis, those sorts of muscles, the lateral hip rotators. Um, you've got a few variations as well. Uh, some somewhere with the flexors and then the extensors as well. So hopefully you guys will find this nice and useful. And, uh, and with that, sort of out of the way, we'll get straight into the principles. So um, the main things you, you really want to work, uh, work on is the hip is really, we want to get this hip nice and flexible for a number of reasons. Um, if we're talking about any degenerative changes or labral issues in the hip region, then we want to have good flexibility and obviously good strength as well. And I'm not going to cover strength, but too many times people do focus excessively on stretching. This is stretching of the hip, so we're not going to go into the strength stuff, but the strength is really important as well. So we want this to be able to move through many ranges, and this is going to come out again, so I will sparingly do this <laughs> so we don't end up with what happened last time. Um, but this hip is a very strong joint. It's stable in all ranges. Unlike our spine, if it goes through certain ranges, it gets um, much less strong. It doesn't have that same uh, tensor or, or integrity under load. So we really do want to keep our hips flexible. But when we're doing those stretches, we want to make sure that we are working on the hips. Too many people make the mistake 
of translating, say for example, we're doing a hip flexor stretch. So we're opening out the hip, moving it backwards. So moving our leg behind us, we, we, we end up arching the back in the process of doing that. And quite often that's a little bit of laziness, a little bit of lack of knowledge, and a little bit of a lack of core engagement to hold and fixate that spine so the hips don't move. So you've got to be specific when you are doing the hip stretch. The same thing applies to, for example, the hamstring stretch too often. When people are trying to do a hamstring stretch, they're obviously stretching the leg in that direction there, but they are bending forwards with their spine and all it turns into is a back stretch or they literally just yank the head and the ankle and pull them closed until you feel something in the hamstring. And that is not a sensible way to do stretching. It leads to the stretch being ineffective. And also if we know anything of that about the lower back, we want to keep that smooth lordosis, that smooth curve intact to protect it from the long term and also help with the healing process and doing a hamstring stretch whilst bending around forwards is really not going to be helpful. So I thought I'd cover this first video with you guys or this first picture with you guys. Uh, this was posted in our, in our premium section of our Back in Shape membership site on the Facebook group. So some of you guys may have already seen this one. We did touch on it, uh, but I'm just going to break it down on here. This is a classic sort of piriformis hippie stretch. So we'll put this in the sort of a hip stretch. I mean hip e not hippie uh, stretch. Um, so this one here, what essentially is happening is we're stretching that leg, the right leg of the lady. And the problem with this, the biggest problem with this is too many people just yank that hip towards the chest or that knee towards the chest. And you can see it's flattening the lower back curve. It's, uh, it's resulting in a reduction in this curve here because the lady is pulling like that. And obviously the hip is coming around that way. Um, and yes, it's stretching into the glute region. It's, it's hitting the piriformis a little bit and some of the other muscles there. And you can really yank it, yank it hard. But there are two issues with this. One, flexibility. It's not a particularly relaxing position to be in if you want to hold it for any period of time because you're re relying on grip strength here. And the second point is that flattening of the lumbar spine. And if you're someone that has the... Uh, the, the symptoms of lower back pain or stiffness or a predisposition to get that, maybe you've had it in the past, there are so many better ways to stretch this particular stretch. And I'll cover those uh, a little bit later on, some of those adaptations. Now, I mentioned the hips, the, um, the extensors, and the flexors. And I'll go through those just inside our Back and Shape membership site. So the, some of you guys will be familiar with this if you've actually lo if you've uh, logged in on the um, either the basic or the premium section. You should all see this, but some of you guys will be a bit further down here. These are the, this is the first one, is the hamstring stretch. Now, anyone, whether you're pre, uh, premium or basic, will be able to access these videos so you can see them. But what we're doing here, this is the hamstring stretch. We're keeping our spine nice and neutral. The left leg here is bent, and we're feeling it where my hands are, the meat of the hamstring. And slowly, well, this is a big mistake. Please don't do that at all, forward bending. We keep that nice arch in the lumbar spine so it's protecting, and we're pivoting from the hip. That is a very important principle. Now, Later on, I'll touch on a slight hamstring variation. I've got two real variations, one for the, hip, one for the, uh, the hips and one for the hamstrings because they are such common uh, mistakes or people make, um, or find them difficult to do. The next stretch is going to be the hip flexor stretch. This one is a little bit easier here. We're just in a lunge position and then just lunge forwards. Now, this is going to stretch the front of your hip, keep it nice and mobile. And it's actually worth noting that the front of the hip, this extension movement, if you've got degenerative change, uh, this extension position is actually going to be the first position that starts to get lost. 
we lose the ability to move that hip backwards. Uh, a number of reasons, I won't bore you with too much of the details, but essentially when the hip moves backwards into extension, it, it locks into the hip socket, which is a good thing That's, that provides stability, it's okay. Um, but if we've got degenerative wear and tear on those surfaces, hip extension is something that we do less and less during the day. Think about it right now, as you're sat here, your hip is in 90 degree flexion. If you're standing, a lot of people with back issues and as we get older tend to lean forwards a little bit so they lose the neutral position of the hip, let alone extension, which is already lost. So extension is something that is lost very quickly and often very insidiously. And if you are someone who's maybe a little bit concerned about a bit of hip osteoarthritis, you need to get this stretch done because it will help loosen up the hips and oppose the degenerative process that takes place through disuse disuse of that range and if I just quickly flick back over to me I'll just quickly pop it on the board for you guys I've done if you've watched any of our other lives on this you'll have seen it before uh, but essentially if this is your normal range of motion people most of the time as we get less and less active tend to sit in this range this being flexion this being extension here people set tend to sit in this range here somewhere between sitting and kind of standing but leaning forwards a bit and therefore this section of range of motion and the joint surfaces that would be in contact with one another start to degrade because they're not getting the adequate bathing of the synovial fluid they're not getting regular loose they start to get rusty essentially and then these ranges start to become painful and then we use them less and less and less as I've said before, you end up just being bent over. Now that takes years and often it kicks off, um, well, even decades, often it kicks off uh, the process very, very um, insidiously, as I mentioned. You don't know it's happening, but it does build up slowly over time. So please, I really encourage you, it's, it's a stretch that's often avoided um, or, not, or just not done. People focus so much more on the hamstrings because quite often the back pain that we initially get goes down the back of the leg. So we think stretch, 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 stretch. We make our back worse. We don't really stretch the hamstrings very effectively and we forget all about uh, these hip flexors. So that's a really, really important thing uh, to bear in mind. Um, we do want to do this stretch and we want to do it effectively, even if it's a bit uncomfortable. A few little tips with this hip stretch. Yes, your knees are going to be uncomfortable. I actually didn't grab the variation that I went through in the private membership group. But if you're in the premium, uh, get onto the Facebook group in Tips and Tricks. Uh, you're going to find a, a variation for uh, or a, some little support aids for this particular stretch. So head over there after the uh, live stream and then have a look at that. Then we've got the glute stretch. This is a nice easy one. We're lying down. Okay. And notice as well, if you're doing these in order, Everything that we put together, in, in, be it in the back in shape or be it any recommendations that we make, we always try and think through the routine. We started sitting, we've moved to kneeling and now I finish up uh, lying down. And many of you guys will know exactly what exercise is next. I will just give you a little spoiler. It's towel exercise. So we've gone from sitting to kneeling to lying down rather than getting you guys jumping up and down. That makes the routine so much smoother for you. It should make it a lot easier for you as well. So just bear these things in mind. There is a method to these stretches in terms of the order. So it saves you guys having to jump up and down like a yo-yo. So this is the last stretch here. Um, one leg across the other and we're just gently going to pull that leg across. Now, I have particularly long arms and a particularly short body, so it works quite well for me. I'm going to show you guys a little variation that can, can work this one, which I think a lot of you guys who've already seen it uh, will find quite useful, quite helpful, but I'll give you a few extra tips um, today. And it's just a super easy stretch here. We don't want our, our spine twisting too much when we're doing this one, especially if you are in, in, in a position of pain. If you're someone who's watching this and you've just got hip pain, 
pain, not lower back pain, then you can, you might have seen this, you can pull it across the across the body a little bit more. Um, but I just try and not be too aggressive because we don't want too much twisting going through the spine uh, if we've got any vulnerabilities down there. So that's that one. I'll jump into the first variation. Now this is the a, a variation of that last stretch we just saw. And it's also very similar but different to this. So you'll get the same sort of sensation doing this stretch I'm going to show you now, this one, as you will doing this, except you don't have any of the damage for your uh, or the, the risk factors in your lower back. So what we're essentially doing is you can do this on the side of your bed. Um, we've got our, our upper thigh coming straight out perpendicular to the body, kind of in a sitting position. The one leg is kind of just dangling off the bed. And then we need really a 90 degree angle in the uh, at the knee as well. And then all we're doing slowly is popping that knee there, good. And then using those arms behind to really take the pressure off your spine and just push yourself up gently. You see I use my, the knuckles there because it keeps my wrist in a good position. If you've got any wrist trouble, then you don't want to be like that on your hands because it can be uncomfortable. But we've just got the hands behind and we're just pushing up into that nice neutral position. This way we can get an awesome stretch without having to injure the lower back at the same time and round the lower back. And that way you can actually do this for quite a while and really feel that stretch quite nicely as you're doing it. You can see me there pushing up on my, on my arms so that we can really keep that nice, smooth lordosis. Try this one as a variation if you do struggle with the other one. If your arms to body length isn't quite right, it works really, really well and uh, is actually quite a pleasant stretch, to be completely honest. A little tip, make sure that your knee is at 90 degrees. And if, it's, if you're... Um, if you're finding you're not quite flexible enough to do this straight away like, like I'm doing with your foot on the bench, if you actually dangle your foot, so say here, if we've got a bird's eye view, I'll just switch cameras uh, for you guys. If we've got a bird's eye view, there's the bed, okay? And, and here's my head, my legs coming out. And if I have my foot, dangling off the edge of the bed, that can help make this stretch a little bit easier for you if you haven't got as much mobility. And then all you do is move everything that way so your foot is on the bed um, when you get more flexibility because that will use a stronger lever to actually get that stretch a little bit harder in that area. But I would be cautious um, with doing too much in the way of stretching. Sometimes people, especially the more driven people or if you're more frustrated with your hip pain, uh, if it's a bit more chronic or related to your lower back, sometimes people stretch too hard. They really pull these muscles too hard too soon and it actually creates more degree of tendonitis uh, where basically uh, with a muscle, you've all seen this sort of diagram probably, or maybe I'm assuming that just because we've done a lot of anatomy. Uh, you've got the tendon end and then you've got the muscle and then you've got the tendon at the other end. And this tendon attaches into the bone. This is a very, very simple drawing. When we're stretching the muscle, we should be stretching the muscle belly. Sometimes if we do the stretch too aggressively, we start to irritate this area here, which is the junction between muscle and tendon and tendon and bone. And if you're starting to get pain on the attachment sites of the bone, so where the muscle plugs in on the bony bits, then it might be a cue that you are actually pulling too aggressively and you need to back off. And that's one of the reasons why I think these things are so useful just here. Um, because those allow you to work on the muscle belly without having to pull the tendon. You do still need to do stretching, but they can help if you are in a little bit of trouble and you're finding that as soon as you start stretching this muscle, it gives you um, pain in the tendon or the tendon tendonomusculojunction 
or the tendinoosseous, so tendon to bone junction. So just a, a little word of warning. Um, hopefully you guys don't run into those troubles, but if you do, you know now what to do. And then there's this last one. I've shared this with quite a few of you guys. I think we did a live stream. It was back in the 9th of April. Um, this is a really good alternative to the hamstring stretch, especially if we're you know struggling with our back, getting involved and just can't get the movement patterns. When we're doing a normal hamstring stretch standing, where essentially our bum is going backwards in order to kick the in order to get the stretch we're not bending forwards and sometimes that movement pattern is just not there um, and, and i can see that quite often when we go through squats with patients um, they're not able to mentally coordinate the right movement pattern and therefore a hamstring stretch actually becomes quite difficult so this is a good way of lying on your back therefore the back is not not being affected we've got the leg that's going out past the doorway or past the wardrobe it actually is um is is fixing the back so the back doesn't move and i'd encourage you if you haven't tried this exercise head over and watch this live stream we did it on the 9th of april um you can see the title here no you can't um the title is easy hamstring stretch for back pain and leg pain so just search it on our youtube channel you'll be able to find it we'll probably post a link underneath uh, in today's live stream just so you guys can see it um, but that is another good variation of hamstring stretches a little bit easier for you to relax into that one because you're lying down and, and sort of the final sort of closing point is with all of these stretches, you want to be able to relax when you are doing your hip stretching. You want to relax into the stretch. You shouldn't be in a position where you're holding on for dear life, trying to, you know, keep that stretch going. Um, it's not helpful. It, it's not going to allow you to effectively get that stretch. And ultimately, it's not going to work to help you with your hip or your hip related to your lower back. So hopefully that's been super helpful for you guys, uh, giving you a few little foods for thought um, in terms of how you approach hip stretching. Make sure you're not making some of those mistakes that we covered earlier with regards to stretching ineffectively by incorporating back movement into the hip stretch. Isolate that hip joint. Take your time when you're doing the technique. Play around with your own body because sometimes you need to move in a little bit of a peculiar way. It's maybe a bit alien to you, but actually quite normal. And that helps you get that nice feeling of a good stretch without moving the lower back. That's the most important thing. We want to protect that lower back so it doesn't get in trouble. And with that, we'll move into Q&A. Okay, awesome. Um, quite quiet on the Q&A today. I think okay. many people are doing their stretches. That was quite a awesome. yep. um, But we do have a comment here um, on YouTube. So yep. this lady uh, is asking about piriformis syndrome, L5. She's got an L4, L5 fusion, sciatica, and she's wondering about quadroquina. And that's something that is coming up quite a bit so i wonder whether you could what yeah talk just a little bit about what that is yeah, so um, I definitely, if you're a member or if you're not a member, join join the Back and Check membership site. I'll just actually show you you here um, because it might be worth, a lot of people get a bit freaked out with, with this because you read about quadroquina and it's not very nice, obviously. Um, just bear with me. I will share this so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so if you go up into, when is back pain an emergency? This is part of the free Back and Check um, uh, lessons. Watch this video. Um, this explains exactly what you need to look for when back pain is an emergency. Um, but in answer, so, so I've got to go over and head, have a look at that one. Um, you can find that at backinshapeapp.com and you can just join the, the basic membership. Um, but essentially what it is, is, is to have quadroquina, you're going to get shooting radiating symptoms down both legs at the same time. You're also going to get saddle anesthesia. That is, if you were to sit on a horse, uh, ride, ride a horse, 
sit on a horse, ride a horse. If you were to ride a horse, um, the area of your body that would be in contact with the saddle is numb. You cannot feel it. And also we are losing bladder and bowel control. We don't have bladder and bowel control. Uh, important distinction here. If you feel like you your, your bowel control is a bit funny, maybe a bit constipated, have you been taking ibuprofen or anti-inflammatories? Because those will cause things like constipation. So please don't conflate the two. If you've been taking those, you know, Cordoquine is a serious issue, but it's it's more worrying if, you, if you've got a simple back issue that is being dealt with poorly, which happens, unfortunately, too many times, and you want to be careful of that. With regards to the L5-S1 and piriformis syndrome, if you have a known L5-S1 issue, you do not have piriformis syndrome. L5-S1, I, I question, and we've done a video on this as well, the, the, the validity of the diagnosis piriformis syndrome is not particularly helpful. It confuses patients. You have an L5-S1 problem. As you mentioned, um, the L5S1, which is uh, this last one here, green to orange, is this segment here where this nerve comes out. Um, that nerve controls your piriformis, your other lateral hip rotators. Piriformis is one of six muscles uh, in that area. Um, and, you know, it's, they're all going to be affected if you have an L5S1 injury. Um, it's likely to be irritating that nerve and the nerve supply to those muscles so they will go and potentially into spasm. Uh, in actual fact, all of these hip stretches will be helpful for you and really that's you're, you're a perfect candidate for uh, joining that Back in Shape uh, membership site, starting through that phase one stuff to get you mobile. Once you're mobile and able to walk around for around about 10-15 minutes outside the house perhaps, even if you've still got pain, but you're able to do it, then you need to seriously consider doing something to address the underlying issues, which is our phase two work and actually progressing on to safely building up. Because all too often people do the phase one and then they go, oh, I'm going to do my, my Pilates, or I'm going to do my yoga, or I'm going to do my other exercises, and then they re-injure themselves. So please follow the protocol. As I've mentioned earlier, we order everything for specific reasons because that progression is necessary it really helps and one final thing for you just to help is that that towel exercise that i briefly touched on earlier that's obviously in the basic uh free section as well and that is probably going to be a little bit uncomfortable for you to start with but it will get a lot easier um, over the course of a couple of days we see that all the time people saying the same they don't believe us when we tell them to start with but uh, after a couple of days they're there saying oh this is getting easier and easier and after a week or so they're like i love that towel exercise it's so good it decompresses my lower back takes pressure off the spine and takes pressure off the nerve so it is really a fantastic one to do and lastly sorry one thing that pops into my head please don't use heat if you're using heat again this is all in there talks about the mistakes people make heat is one of them you should be using ice and where you use ice i'll let you find out in the uh, in the membership site okay well, so a couple of questions have come through Kate, okay with a hamstring stretch um that you have just done with the one leg up, up the wall. what is the best way to relax it when you change legs um kind of just like slide the slide the, so engage your core and kind of just slide your heel down the uh down the wall into kind of like what's like a small squat position that's really the best position. It, that is the one disadvantage with that exercise is the dismount. Um, but if you slowly slide the heel, you should normally be wearing socks when you do that. So you can easily slide up and down the wall. Um, but, but just slide it back down the wall slowly and then move out the position. Kind of like eke yourself away from the wall as well. And that'll, that'll be a reasonably easy dismount. Okay, awesome. Okay, did also say the alternatives really do make things easier, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mariana has asked, when the lower back is linked with a knee injury, are there any modifications required? Um, so if the lower back is linked as in 
if we have a lower back injury and we have an objective knee injury, I'll talk about that first. The second option is that if the lower back is referring pain to the knee, which can happen sometimes. In fact, I'll address that one first because that's easy. If the lower back is referring pain to the knee, you just carry on as normal. No issue. Uh, you just carry on because it's not a, it's like sciatica. It's not that the knee is a problem. It's that the lower back is a problem and your brain is interpreting that as the knee just because of the specific nerves that are involved in your case. The first example of you're actually, you've got knee pain, maybe you've got uh, arthritis, maybe you've got a hip, uh, not a hip replacement, you've got a knee replacement or something like that. Uh, there are a few variations. Number one, um, the hamstring stretches, you probably won't need to change those because those will be very low um, pressure on your knee. And even the hip stretch uh, that we showed you, both variations will actually be perfectly fine for the knee. Uh, you might find that if you're pressing down a bit too hard on that seated one I showed you guys on the bench, um, that might be a bit uncomfortable, but that's more a case of incorrect technique rather than uh, it being a bad one. The one that really will catch you out, I'll just jump it back up on the screen for you so you can see uh, which one I am thinking of. Uh, bear with me. Okay, let's flick this over. There we go, coming up straight. That's the one that will catch you out. Now, it's going to catch you out for two reasons, and I'll give you both fixes for that. Number one, the leg, the back leg that's knees pressing into the ground, that one will be uncomfortable or can be uncomfortable. If, however, you use a pillow or a rolled up towel on the shin, that's going to mean that most of your pressure goes through the shin and that's going to ease it off so you won't find it as difficult. So that's the first one. And, and by the shin, I mean literally just below the knee. So if I get my knee out, um, that's literally kind of uh, like here. So you've got the bony bit. This is the tibial tuberosity. So you were, if you've got a knee replacement, it's going to be this section here. So if you put the towel here, that's going to likely take the pressure off enough. Depending on your flexibility in certain positions, you can actually get it so the main contact point is up here on the thigh in which case it won't bother your knee. But if you've got direct pressure here, that, that will bother the knee. So those, those adjustments there. The second one is going to be the, um, the front leg. This is, well, it's good and bad. Um, in that position, it's very infrequent that you will actually be um, in that position with, that, with your knee bent like that so much under load. And in this position, you do have weight on that knee. So a quick fix is to actually have something next to you to kind of lean on. Maybe it's the bed, maybe it's a dining chair, maybe you're doing it between two dining chairs and that will take the pressure off that knee. But I would also suggest if it's not a hip, if it's not a knee replacement, um, and then to a certain degree, even if it is, you do want to slowly reintroduce a little bit of pressure on that knee because that's a range of motion that you will at some point on a day-to-day -day basis get into and you want to be reasonably strong in that range. And quite often, a lot of people, especially as we get a little bit older, and even as we're young, to be completely frank, lose the flexibility and the strength at different ranges. And when we lose the strength in certain closed positions, like that example of the knee being at 90 degrees, we really do leave ourselves open to vulnerabilities, ligament injuries, and tendon injuries. So I would try your best to, to slowly learn to deal with it a little bit more effectively as you get stronger, but that will be a very slow process for the time being, lean on something. Yeah, Mariana just said, I have inflammation just above the left knee now. Yeah, that, that might be a bit of a quad, quad, quad uh, issue or a patella issue. So those, those fixes should uh, really do the job and allow you to stretch effectively. Uh, yeah, you could potentially use a little bit of icing on the actual knee where it's sore, uh, five minutes or so, two or three times a day, that can be helpful mm -hmm. um, as well, just to take down the inflammation rather than loading yourself up with ibuprofen and other painkillers. Okay, brilliant, uh, useful.
Um, so Karen has asked here, can doing hip stretches prevent you from getting degeneration in your hip? Yeah, I, I do think hips, uh, I've already kind of, I covered that one earlier on the, on the board uh, with the little drawing that was a bit confusing maybe. Um, hip stretches, it's really important to keep good flexibility through the hips. It keeps the joint surfaces helpful, so it is going to help reduce the speed at which our hips degenerate. If we've got other issues that maybe um, add into the degenerative process, then that's a separate issue. Like leg lengths, for example, if one leg is longer than the other, you're going to drive more weight habitually through that one hip and it's going to make it more difficult. But improving strength and flexibility by doing some of these stretches uh, and, and flexibility flexibility it takes time to build up and if you're working more on trying to just improve the flexibility of your hips as the sole goal and you have no back issues then maybe holding these stretches for up to up to five minutes or maybe even a little bit longer can be helpful to actually really stretch the muscles out but you want to do that in a symmetrical way so all of the stretches you hold for the same amount of time rather than disproportionately focusing on one um, but it will help reduce the likelihood of degenerative wear and tear it will improve your durability in your lower back as well and as long as it's done in conjunction with strengthening because if you just do stretching and no strengthening whatsoever, now you've just got a really wobbly joint that has bad muscular support. So we have to do this in conjunction with a strengthening protocol. All too often people just do the stretching and then they end up in a lot of trouble because they're very flexible with very little stability. And that's something we really try and discourage people from doing. That's also why in the Back in Shape membership site, you won't see a lot of those mobility exercises that are given to people in, uh, you know, in standard sort of protocols, like from the physio or from other osteos or from the NHS. Um, so, yeah, watch out for that. Okay, awesome. Um, Joe has asked, how much should you feel when stretching? Um, is it as far as it's comfortable? Yeah, so you should feel a stretch primarily in the muscle belly. Uh, the one I personally find actually a little bit uh, unpleasant to a degree is actually that hip flexor stretch when you're lunging forwards. The other two I feel, find really, really comfortable. Um, but, you know, you should feel it in the belly of the muscle, which is midway through, uh, through the muscle. That's where you should be feeling it. If you're ever feeling it on the back of the knee, for example, then we've got a few issues. And I mentioned earlier, if you're feeling it at this uh, musculotendinous junction here on the bone and you're starting to starting to get pain especially afterwards then um at that point then you really want to uh back off a little bit awesome and i think last question um ollie has asked are there any specific problems where you're going to have to stretch certain muscles more than others um so we do do some work with the spine that's a good question uh we do, do some work with the spine in the clinic where we're looking at the alignment of the spine and for example if we have anterior pelvic tilt uh so whereby we've got a hyperlordosis and the bum sticking out too much and that is the natural position then we are going to need to focus disproportionately on those hip flexors and if we've got a posterior pelvic tuck as the status quo then we will need to uh, we need to focus disproportionately on those hamstrings um but I'd really caution you against making that self-diagnosis. Um, the amount of times we have people come in and they say, oh, my, my osteo or my physio or my chiro said I have anterior pelvic tilt or they said I have hyperlordosis or something like that and they didn't do a physical exam. Um, it, it's, it's, it's astounding. Please don't make inferences from physical examinations no matter what the other person says. We've got a lot of experience using imaging and normally people that don't use imaging don't have that experience. And we, you know, not taking anything away from them, they've got great experience in their field, but then they're taking a step into something that they don't really know that much about. And they don't, maybe aren't aware of how incorrect they can be. Um, you can, well, I can't count on my hands the number of people that have come into the clinic uh, over the years, and this is over the years before the Mayfair Clinic as well, saying, 
I have APT or I have posterior pelvic tuck. My XYZ therapist told me I did. And then you go and do an x-ray standing up and they have the exact opposite. It's very difficult to understand this um, from a physical exam. All sorts of different things play into it. Your, your fat content, your muscle content, your, your sacrum shape, uh, your posture of your spine. Do you sway back? All of these things can give the inferences of maybe one um, underlying spinal alignment. And actually they can be more often than not, they are very, very misleading. Um, so please be mindful of that and don't try and tweak these stretches unless you've actually had a, uh, a proper examination to uh, explore whether or not you have any of those um, alignment changes. Okay, I think that's everything. I've awesome. put the, um, the YouTube video for the alternative hamstring stretches on okay. both. Uh, awesome. Both so we've got the hamstring stretch is in the comment section on YouTube. And if you're watching this on Facebook, it's in there too. So if you want to check that out after this, uh, it's a full live stream video, about 15 minutes long or so, and then Q&A on the end. Um, so you can have a look at that. Um, and if you've got any questions, comment on them. Um, that way we can help you guys more. Uh, hopefully you did find today's live stream helpful. We'll wrap it up for today and for this week. Um, as always, thank you very much for joining us. If you're a subscriber to the channel, thank you very much for subscribing. If you're not and you found this video helpful, do please consider subscribing or giving us a thumbs up. Uh, hit the notification bell to make sure you know when we go live and you're alerted to that. And with that out of the way, with that done, hope you guys found today's live stream helpful and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week with another live stream.